Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. So welcome, guys. Um, We are so excited to be back with another episode of Kinda Crunchy. Today we have something super exciting, our first ever guest interview, and it is a good one. Um, We have Maddie Williams with us. She is our social media friend. We have not met in person, but Jensen and I both feel like we know her. Um, We've followed along with each other for several years now, I'd say, um, and kind of connected on there. And I know Jensen and I both just like admire her because she has a cute little house and some Mm -hmm. chickens and is like homesteading and a teacher and married and just like we're super excited to kind of do this interview and learn more about her. Um, Can I add one thing? Yes. This is so funny. Maddie, you probably don't even know this. Um, so I grew up playing softball out of a team in Dubois. Okay. So I, we probably knew a lot of the same yes. people. So I followed you like on social media. So I feel like I knew you, but I didn't know you. And I just always thought you were so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so athletic and pretty. Oh. And I don't know her, but she's really cool. And that was probably like seven years ago. So and here we are. Like, let's now, be friends. Now be on let's our be podcast. friends and be on our podcast. Well, that so. is so sweet, especially since I grew up in Dubois, obviously, but I was not part of the softball culture. And I was always so jealous of all of the softball girls because it seemed like you guys had so much fun all of the time. So that's really sweet to hear that the feelings are reciprocated. <laughs> um, that being said, Maddie, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, just like a, a brief intro about who you are, what you do. Yeah, um, sure. So like, like they said, my name is Maddie Williams. Um, I am a high school special education teacher in very, very rural Pennsylvania, um, and we absolutely love it here. I'm married to an incredible man named Christian, who actually moved from the Pittsburgh area um, to this area that I'm from. And now we have a little home in the country with a crazy German short hair pointer uh, named Croft. <laughs> He's our doggy. We love him so, so much. Um, and we, we just really have embraced the, the country life. I mean, we go on hikes every weekend with the dog. We have about two acres of land that we just explore nonstop. But it's really nice because we're surrounded by ag fields on all sides. So we really have access to way more than two acres, and it feels like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like we're pretty secluded, even though our, our plot of land is not giant. Um, but as for like the health and wellness stuff, I've always been super interested in health and fitness, but that how that looks has changed drastically over the years. Um, I was very involved in sports all throughout my life, and I'm a former D2 athlete. I played college in soccer. But I think for sure this is the healthiest I've ever been. And now looking back, I realize like, gosh, how really unhealthy I was back in the days that I thought that I was living like, (laughs) living like a true athlete should be. So yeah, that's that's a little blurb about me. So much good stuff. And and yeah, that's, um, I see you share frequently, like on your Instagram, you kind of share the health and and wellness and like your lifestyle things that you're doing, recipes sometimes, updates of your little homestead. I know you said you only have like the two acres there, but I see you guys like you're always posting like we're out on a hike and looking for sheds from deer antlers and yeah. very country stuff. Right. So um, it's it's so much fun to follow along with you. And I think that's really cool. You've like fully embraced um, really coming into your own like health and wellness journey and, and saying that you feel like this is the time you've been healthiest because I think we're going to get a little more into what changes you made and like what that looks like for you and kind of where you're at in your health and wellness journey. And um, yeah, hopefully people relate and it's just... I know we can definitely relate because I can look (laughs) back on my life when I thought I was the quote unquote healthiest and I was definitely the farthest thing from health. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So I'm I'm sure you understand and you can, well, we can talk about that. But I feel like a lot of women like think they're nourishing themselves because they're doing what like the latest health fad is and that they're actually harming themselves more than they're um, helping themselves. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So as far as your healthy living journey, Um, what would you say is like your most recent project or swap or kind of thing you've been into in the healthy living realm? 
Um, so it's a little bit different than like my normal, like healthy living swaps that we've been making. Um, my husband and I actually just brought, bought the property behind us and we are trying to rewild that area. So there's a trailer on it that we're going to eventually knock down. Um, and we're just trying to get like the land healthy again, which has been super fun because it's a, a health journey that I've never been on. Like I all of my health journey has been focused to myself, but not necessarily like the land. So that's been exciting. Um, but what I'm most excited about is we're building a greenhouse back there. I cannot wait. We're going to, um, my husband used to work in a greenhouse in the Cranberry area and they did microgreens. So we're going to have our own little greenhouse full of microgreens. And I am like, chomping at the bit to get started because I cannot wait. Wow. I'm really yeah, jealous right now. That's, that is so, so cool. exciting. You're like <laughs> living our dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. We actually, and um, in my classroom, we do a lot of gardening for the kids for um, mental health purposes, but also trying to teach them small business mm-hmm. skills. And this summer, our school's actually building a greenhouse too. So I'm going to have one at work that I get to use with the kids. And then I'm going to have one at home. So I'm going to be living the greenhouse Yeah, greenhouse girly for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. That is awesome. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, you'll have to keep us updated. And I can't wait to follow along with this greenhouse journey. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be posting so much. I think people are going to get sick of it. (laughs) No, No, never. We're like, give us more. Give us all the content. (laughs) Um, so with that being said, I, I didn't know, I know your husband from social media, from you sharing him and I've seen, um, I follow along. He has an archery specific personal training company, um, which I don't do archery, but I follow along because I find it so interesting and I'm really interested in the fitness realm. Um, and I had no idea he had moved here from the Pittsburgh area. I guess I had just assumed he was like small town boy around here and you found him somewhere um so I know you were saying you're rewilding the land and and kind of doing this with him um is that something he's done before with is he really invested in like uh forestry and and the land that he's able to teach you a little bit about that in your journey yeah so he's never necessarily done rewilding before I mean we've done a lot of work on our property to try to make it healthier Um, And his dad, so he grew up in the Cranberry Township area, and both his mom and his dad have larger plots of land for that area. So they have, he grew up with horses, he, his dad has um, a lot of different like crop fields that they do, but specifically for deer for hunting purposes. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so he's always been interested in it. But I think really, like, since we've had our own land, it's been something that we're both passionate about, because, um, you know, we, we want to make a difference. We don't just want to like use the earth, like use it and abuse it and then leave. Like we want to leave things better than Mm -hmm. we found it. So that's, he's, that's definitely his realm. Like he is so interested into it and I'm kind of just following along, but it's definitely new for both of us. So it's been a lot of trial and error. Um, but yeah, he, so he grew up in the Cranberry Township area. He actually slid into my DMs on Instagram. So I'm going to put him on blast a little bit there. That's how, that's how it worked. It did. It worked really well for both of us. Um, (laughs) But he's always been into hunting and fishing um, and more of the country living. So whenever we were playing the game of like, oh, gosh, where do we want to live? Uh, he, he felt strongly that like, he wanted to come up here because all of the land that he loved uh, is turning into housing developments and is mm-hmm. just, I mean, Cranberry Township is one of the fastest growing areas in the entire world. So he, wow. he was ready to move to central PA where it's going to be a long time before there's housing developments. Um, so going off that, um, we saw that just like a few months ago, you were able to hunt and harvest your first deer. Um, so I guess like just talk to us a little bit about your journey with hunting and harvesting um, and why you made that choice and what that was like. I'm just, I'm so curious to hear about this. Yeah, that was an interesting choice. Um, I have grown up in the central PA region. My dad was a big hunter. All of my uncles hunt. I mean, my uncle has a big like hunting ranch in Missouri. So I've always been around hunting, but it was also during soccer season, which was like my my number one passion. It was what I lived for uh, in that time. So I didn't want to pick up another hobby that would interfere with that. And then as I got older, I just 
I wasn't sure that hunting was for me. I totally don't mind at all that people hunt. Like I thought that was great, but I thought that I would be too emotionally invested into the animals themselves to be the hunter. So I would go, when my husband and I got married, we would go on hunts together all the time. But I was just like the the bystander and I loved being out in the nature and I loved getting to see the animals without them seeing me. I thought that was so cool. But still I was like, oh gosh, like I don't know if I can do this myself. So then I got really invested in like my food information and I wanted to know where my food was coming from. So we started a garden and we started doing all of our things and uh, we have one of our groomsmen actually in our wedding his family owns um, beef cattle, so we started getting our beef from them, and I just more and more got put off by conventional meat. Um, I didn't like shopping for meat in the grocery store, and I was very grateful to have a husband that had um, hunting experience and that would provide us with wild game, but I'm also kind of like, no, I want to do it myself. Like, I don't want to have to, and he's <laughs> incredible. He would provide for me every day for the rest of my life if I couldn't do anything. But I am a little bit prideful and I wanted to be like, well, if something <laughs> happens, like I want to know that I could do it on my own. So I was still apprehensive about trying deer hunting. So he suggested that I start with turkey because people often have less of an emotional attachment to birds. Um, and, and leading up to that hunt, we had a ton of conversations about how, you know, like historically, if you didn't hunt, you didn't eat. And that this is just something that we as humans have done literally forever. And that helped me. Uh, but I was still worried about like the actual process. <laughs> I think that people can definitely understand that. But we went out um, on April 30th and I harvested my first turkey and I was like immediately hooked. Like I thought I would cry and I didn't. I thought that I would be like have this weird gut feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. But like it just felt familiar. That's the best way that I can put it. Um, mm -hmm. And it was it was an amazing feeling. And I, my husband was laughing at me. He was like trying to like talk to me a little bit and like get me ready. And I was like so focused once I heard those like birds calling um, that I like couldn't speak. Like I could not talk to him. And I just instinctually started doing breath work like I would before track meets. Like I don't, I don't know what part of my brain was like, this is what you need to do right now. But I did. And it worked really well to calm my heart rate down and really let me be in the moment. So after that went so well, um, I was like, okay, I want to try deer hunting. I want to try a larger animal. I want to try something that I'm more familiar with. Um, I mean, I grew up in Treasure Lake. I don't know if either of you know that, but the deer there are like pets. Like they will walk up to you and eat out of your hand. So I've been around, a, been around deer a ton. So I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to try it. And we went uh, to his dad's farm and... Again, like my husband was trying to, and we were in a blind, so it was like easier for us to like move and communicate without like being worried that it would screw up the hunt. And my husband's trying to talk to me and I, I turned to him at one point. I was like, I'm listening to every word you say, but I cannot respond. Like physically, I cannot do it. I was like, I'm focused. I'm in the moment. So I was able to harvest a deer that night in November. Um, and again, like I thought for sure that time that I was going to have this weird gut feeling. I thought that I was going to cry. I thought that I was going to be super emotional because that's very common among hunters, even very seasoned hunters, hunters that have done it a lot, people that have harvested a lot of animals. Like it is very emotional, but I didn't cry at all. Like I just had the most like gratitude and I was so elated and I just felt like really, really good. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I am going to be able to provide food for my family if I need to. And that was like a really... I don't know, really like ancestral moment, I guess. That is, that's so interesting. And um, thank you for sharing that. Um, congratulations too, like how exciting. <laughs> thank you. Thank I, you. Um, to kind of relate, I, when I was really getting into health and wellness when I was like 16, I was full on like, I want to be able to provide for myself fully and like do all these things. And my family, like I grew up with hunters and my 
he was my boyfriend at the time he's my husband now his family's hunters so I always knew like oh someone can provide meat for me but I I kind of have some of that in me too where I'm like no I want to do it I want to know I can like yeah if the world crashes and burns and I'm the only person alive I want to be able to like homestead and forage for myself and like harvest this meat so I I went hunting and kind of had a similar experience of I didn't cry. I actually found it like a really empowering experience to be able to, you know, harvest that animal and and show appreciation to like the earth and God for that animal and exactly. and for providing it. And like it was it was really sacred and like ancestral, like you said. Um, it's not like my burning passion. And I am very fortunate to have a husband where I am like, hey, go get me meat. <laughs> but I know that if that ever weren't the case, I would be able to go participate and like provide for my family so I I think it's something that yeah it, it's scary at first kind of like you said and like how am I gonna feel about this um but it it can be really empowering and and a, a special thing when when you're doing it right with the right intent um, exactly I love that you said it was familiar like that's really cool and I think that's just a testament to God designed us to hunt these animals. Like he created it. He created them for us to be able to utilize as food and to do it in the right way. And the fact that it just felt so natural, I think we think that it's not going to be, but that's actually the way that I think God truly designed us. And I think it was honestly when you posted about it, I had this, and this was also the time that my brother-in-law had just started hunting as well. Cause my, my family didn't hunt um, Logan's direct family did not hunt growing up, but his brother had just recently got into it. Um, and I remember you posting about it and he was talking about it. I was like, wow, maybe I should get into hunting. <laughs> and my dad, my husband, like, no experience hunting. But my, bo- my boss is like the ultimate hunter. And I like walked into work and I was like, so I think I want to get into hunting. And he almost just like laughed in my face, like you. And I was like, yeah, I think I do. So we were talking about it. Um, but I think that's definitely something I don't know if that's right now for me, but I would think I'd really like actually enjoy it. And I'm not a blood person. Like ask anyone, like if there's blood in a movie, I have to look away. But I feel like, and maybe you can speak to this, like it just like makes sense when you're in the situation. Like it just like, it feels natural. It's not this like weird thing. And I mean, maybe the first time it might be, but um, yeah, definitely something I want to try at some point. So when the time does come, I'll probably be (laughs) texting you about it yeah hit me up please (laughs) yeah we'll we'll have all the hunting talks but no like you said like I do not like blood I do not like gore um and I was really worried about like seeing an animal hurt like that um because I truly love animals almost more than anything like in in the physical world um but I with the turkey like it wasn't it wasn't a very bloody experience um And then when we got it back to my husband's dad's property, they took care of it for me. And I helped a little bit because I was kind of interested, but uh, my husband felt strongly like, hey, listen, like that's a a really big deal what you just did. Don't overwhelm yourself yet. And I'm very grateful for that he had that mindset because my dad was like, no, if you're hunting, you're doing it all start to finish. You have to get it if you kill it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I think I was very grateful that like my husband had the softer approach. Um, and then same with the deer, like I, excuse me, I, um, I was laughing a lot because we, I shot the deer, we went and retrieved it and I was okay. Like I was doing fine, but like, I still like was standing physically back from it. And it's not like a super quick process once you go and retrieve it. So the longer we were there, I would just like scoot a little bit closer and like scoot a little bit closer. And then I eventually, um, it was time for us to like drag the deer out. And I was like, no, I want to do this because that kind of connected with me. Like it was like a very physical component. Like it is a lot of work. It was a big deer, which I'm very proud of, but um, I, I had to like, tie the straps to it and I had to physically drag it out of the woods back to the back to the house and like that felt really really good and then um, they once again my husband and my father-in-law took care of it for me from that point Um, and the next time that like I touched it it was meat to me 
And I think that that really, really helped that distinction. Like, okay, it's no longer an animal. Like now this is food for my family. Like it's it's not just a deer, it is venison now. And that, that was a, a big game changer for me because I didn't have to, again, do any of the, the bloody gory part. Um, but then as we, my husband hunted then after me and got a handful of deer after me. And the more that I was around it after I was the hunter, I was more interested in, okay, now I kind of want to see the process. Like now that I've dipped my toes in, like teach me a little bit more. So he ended up getting a deer in late season archery. Cause I don't know if I mentioned this, my husband only archery hunts. He does not um, rifle hunt at all. And I only rifle hunt because I don't, <laughs> I'm not skilled enough to take an ethical shot with a bow. So it's kind of nice that the seasons that I can hunt, he doesn't. So he just focuses on me and helping me. Um, but when he got a deer in late season archery, I was like, hey, will you teach me the process now? So he, he walked me through the steps and he like vocally explained how to do everything, but I did it myself. And after that, I think that I will have uh, more of a hand in taking care of my own deer the next time that I hunt. That's, that's so cool. Um, I really enjoyed this. This might sound strange, but I have like such an appreciation for the way bodies are and like the organs work and stuff and I've always been really interested in like biology and in that realm so when I got my deer my favorite part was gutting it and like seeing the insides and my dad's like that's so weird don't tell people that Rachel but you sound like my husband it's so interesting because it does mimic like a human body in ways and just when you have an interest in that to see like the way it's so perfectly like everything's organized and works I just found it really interesting um and I think another thing when you were kind of talking about like the factory farming meat and kind of getting grossed out by it that was that's similar to my journey I can really relate on that because I went through a time period where I thought about going like vegetarian or vegan because I'm a big animal lover and the more I learned about the way meat was processed and these big factory farms or the inhumane treatment of animals, it made me feel like I don't want to participate in that morally. Um, And I, for a period of time, went back and forth. And then it really, for me, was finding and and kind of learning about more humane practices and understanding like something like hunting is the most humane way I can provide meat because that's an animal in its natural environment living its life stress-free and then it's a moment in time how God intended yeah, it to be. Yeah, it's a moment in time that I'm able to take that life but to provide for life in my family and to provide for us and and it's such an inner connection there and so I really try to apply that to all my all my meat that I source now. So hunting is an amazing way to be able to do that, to be the only people that have hands on that meat for that animal to live the most natural and stress-free environment. And I try to source meat as far as like beef and chicken that are raised in those types of environments locally too. And that can be difficult, but especially living somewhere rural like we do, hunting, I think a lot of people see as just like a sport or hobby that guys do here, but it can be such mm-hmm. such a beautiful way to really um eat the way God intended us to like you said and and be connected to the food we're eating um so my next question is kind of going off of that but we see that you have chickens and you raise them for eggs and I want to hear all about this because my husband and I just got chickens three weeks ago so they are just right now cute little chicks living in our garage um but we were hoping to have eggs by late summer we have 10 of them we're so excited I just again knowing where your food comes from like knowing that the eggs are coming from chickens that I have raised and love and are giving them good healthy food um so yeah I just want to hear all about your experience why you got into that how it's going any tips you have because (laughs) we you know are just learning as we go and taking the advice that people give us. Yeah, chickens are so fun. I actually, when we got married and and we moved out here to the country, I was like, oh gosh, what animals can I convince my husband to buy? (laughs) Like instantly. And I (laughs) wanted goats. I wanted goats so badly, but he was like, no, goats really don't provide a whole lot for us. So what else? Like, let's try again. So we settled on chickens. 
Um, so in 2021 is whenever we, neither of us had had chickens before. So that was like our first experience with it. Um, and we have not gone without chickens since then. Actually, we went to the store and we got some more chicks last night. So uh, we don't have a garage. We have a barn that's not insulated and we have our basement. So our chicks right now are downstairs in our basement. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Like being able to, it sounds so silly, but like when I get home from work, I love the first thing I do is I go and I let my dog out and him and I run back to the chicken coop to like see if there's any eggs. Like it's like the feeling that you get like at an Easter egg hunt when you're little, but all the time, like every single day. And uh, we let our chickens free range since we don't have a lot of people or uh, a lot of traffic around us. So they just walk around our property wherever they want. So sometimes they decide not to lay their eggs in the coop. And then it really does turn into an Easter egg hunt because Jensen, I don't know if you know this, but um, each chicken can lay up to one egg a day because it's a 24 hour light activated process, um, which is why they don't lay a lot in the winter because there's not a lot of sunlight for them. So we, we have to, like, okay, so we got four eggs, we have seven chickens, like, shoot, there could be three <laughs> eggs laying someplace, and we have to take a walk around the property and try and find where they may have laid them, but you come to learn they have, like, favorite spots, and they'll try to lay their eggs in that spot every time, so it's been a lot of fun. I would say my biggest advice, it's gonna sound silly again, but don't become too attached to them as pets. I made that mistake so badly the first time. I had them all named. Like they, and all of the chickens that we've ever had, they've had chicken food item names. So we had Cacciatore, Nugget, Popcorn, like I, Alfredo. Alfredo was a good one. Um, but I, like loved them and I would like pick them up and cuddle them and just really like babied them. But we live in the country and chickens don't always last very long for various different reasons. I mean, there's predators. We have a ton of hawks. Um, we had a fox issue at one point. So the first batch of chickens, I was crushed that they didn't last their true like life expectancy. So the the second round, I still named them, but I tried to like baby them less. And <laughs> this new round that we got last night, I'm not naming them. <laughs> like I have learned my lesson. Like I will still, we try and touch them so that they get used to humans and whatnot. And, um, but they will not have names. <laughs> That's really good advice because we've been like wanting to name them, but there's, we have 10 chickens and we have four different types. So there's like two or three of each that look really similar, so they're kind of hard to tell apart right now. So like, oh, maybe when they get older, you'll be yeah. able to tell them apart more. Um, because, like, I was so set on, like, these are our children. Um, <laughs> but I need to not be – Yeah, Don't no, do no, it. This is good advice. I don't think I'm – maybe I'll name, like, one or two just for fun. Just uh, – Your feet. Yes. Rachel was like, name one of them crunchy. <laughs> oh, that's um, cute. But, yeah, so one of them actually, like, when we got – I think we had 23 shipped and then a few of them um, – we were giving way to people, so we only have 10 now, but one of them, like, did die, like, on the mm -hmm. second day, and it was, like, I had to, like, get rid of it, and this baby chick was in my hand, it was so sad, um, and I wasn't even attached to them at that point, so now, like, it's so funny, like, we call them our girls, and they're in our garage, and it's, like, every time we, like, go downstairs, like, the funniest thing ever is I'll just be, like, upstairs, like, ready to leave for work, and Logan's, like, leaving for work before me. And I'll hear him, like, walk down the stairs and go into the garage, and he'll be like, good morning, girls. <laughs> and it's, like, our little, like, morning routine because they're still in our garage. They're not outside in the coop yet. Um, but that's really good advice, and I will try to not get too attached to them because I know, obviously, they only lay for roughly two years, I yeah, think, is two what, to like, three. on average. I guess two to three, so we're not going to have them forever either. So I know that the day will come. Um, <laughs> but you were saying about the eggs. I cannot wait for the day that we find the first egg. I feel like that will be the most like satisfying thing because I'm like, we've raised you from the womb. We tell, we're, we're so extra. We're like, you girls are going to be the best layers. You're going to lay the most eggs. Like, we're just, like, You're like, a little too attached. In, encouraging me. It's I hard mean, not this to. This is like, a reminder. To, they're so cute when they're, they're just so little and they, and it's, they're so sweet. I mean, 
I guess chickens aren't sweet, but I think they're sweet because they're, they're like sweet. Flowers, I think but... they're sweet. <laughs> yeah, they're sweet. Yeah. So, so it's funny that you mentioned yeah, I... the first egg being laid because we were visiting his sister in Miami when our chickens laid eggs for the first time. And I was like, I missed it. Like I wasn't there for them. I felt so sad. And it's like missing your child's first steps. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so this is something to be prepared for. Um, when they first start laying eggs, they can lay what they call jelly eggs. So they're not fully mature. So like the shell cycle can sometimes have issues. And they laid an egg that just had this like soft biofilm on the outside. And like you could pick it up and it didn't like squish or anything, but there was no shell. And I was like, what the heck is this? I was like, is something wrong with our chickens? I thought they were defective, but they eventually start laying the shell um, with the egg. And then if you feed the eggshells back to the chickens, like I bake them and crush them up, it helps make sure that their shells are really nice and hard too. Oh. So that's that's been an interesting... This is great advice. Yeah. Did not know any of this. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> we'll take all these tips. You're welcome. If you have any questions, let me know. We've had a lot of trial <laughs> and error. <laughs> I, pre- I probably will. Yeah, I'm excited to see Jensen in this journey. Like growing up, she grew up in Punxsy and had a cat, but no dog, <laughs> no animals, like no a, real farm Not experience. a farm not family, at all. like very gotcha. like city, I guess, as much city of Punxsutawney yeah. as it can be. <laughs> the big and city. And now she's kind of, yeah, she's kind of evolved into this crunchy journey. And then also like her husband lives... Well, she lives now with him in, like, the Lancaster area, mm-hmm. which is a lot of farm country. Mm-hmm. And, she, like, he had a dog, and now she has a dog with him. And I've seen her just kind of evolving, so now the chickens are the next step. So it's mm-hmm. exciting to... <laughs> and also one thing, I don't know if I shared this with you. We have cows in our back. Okay, we have cows in our backyard that are... They're not in our yard, but they're, like, in the property behind us. So, like, I feel like I'm getting that cow experience. Because obviously, <laughs> like, we've talked about wanting, like, a cow someday, but... It's right now. I just get to look out my window and see I them know. roaming. I don't know sweet. if that's the full cow experience For to me. just look. <laughs> I know, but it's nice. But it's nice right now. Like I'm just like, oh, I love. It's like the country. Yeah, vibe. it's the nice country vibe. Yeah, yeah. The, the no work vibe of the cow. So it's funny that you For say sure. that because we have cows like out the front of our house. So if we look out our front windows, there's a cow <laughs> pasture there, and um, we'll wake up often to the mooing and whatnot. So we're yeah. in a very similar situation. Cow neighbors. <laughs> Um, and I actually, the farmer said that I could come down and bottle feed them sometime. So I haven't done that yet, but I'm very, very excited too. That's so cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, so talking about hunting, chickens, animals, um, with your healthy living journey, we've seen too, and, and know you've shared a lot of um, kind of some switches you've made with like non-toxic home and beauty products and and things like that. So has that been easy for you? Has it been challenging? Maybe a mix of both. Um, what kind of has that experience been like switching over a lot of the products you use um, in your home and on your body? Um, originally, it was very difficult for me because I think I mentioned it a little bit beforehand. I thought that I was healthy and I was not at all. So like... <laughs> When I was an athlete, I had a really hard time like keeping weight on my body. So I ate whatever I wanted anytime. Like I would often have like ice cream for breakfast because I wasn't hungry in the morning and that's something that like I could get myself to eat. But along with the healthy eating came a lot of um, products that I didn't know any better, you know, didn't know that I shouldn't be using them. So I'd say when we got married is when I really started focusing on like swapping out the products because... Um, I think it's part of my like Christian background, but like I very much believe it's the woman's job to be the gatekeeper of the home. And I wanted to like help protect my my husband and my future family in that way. So I started really investing a lot of time researching into the products that I was bringing into our home because there's toxins everywhere, you know, and you can't really control what you're exposed to outside of your home. But if I can lessen that toxic load, by being a gatekeeper of what I bring into my home, then I am better prepared to face those toxins elsewhere in the world. Um, But I was really overwhelmed initially, especially because of the cost. I was shocked at how expensive 
healthier swaps could be. And when I started researching and learning all these things, I wanted to be like full bore immediately. Like I was invested. I was fully in. And I started doing these researches or research and I was going to make all of these swaps. And I was like, crap, I can't afford to make all of these swaps right now. Like that's just not realistic. And then I thought about I also don't like being wasteful, so I thought about, and then I'm just going to have to throw away all of these full or half full products that I have in my house. So I took a step back, and I thankfully follow some really good accounts on Instagram that have um, women with similar values, and they were like, listen, it is not about being perfect. It's about finding balance, and when you run out of something, that's when you need to replace it with a better swap. So I started doing that and that helped take some of the perfectionism um, feeling away from me. And now it just truly has turned into like, I get excited, okay, I ran out of this. Should I try something new? Did I like it? Is it healthy enough, quote unquote, for what I am hoping that it would be? Um, And it's really turned into like a fun little game. Like, hey, let's, let's trial and error this. Let's find products that work, find products that don't work. And like you girls, like I love sharing that information with other people. Um, I always joke and I say, healthy girls don't gatekeep. You know, like we don't want to keep these (laughs) secrets. We want to share them because we want the people that we care about to also be able to have these healthier swaps. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been frustrating. It's been sometimes expensive. And don't get me wrong, I have tried a lot of products that I have hated but then I just try something else the next time and I'm like, okay, it's a little bit better, but still not what I'm looking for. And I truly think that this is something that I will continue to, to navigate for hopefully the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I think we're right there along with you in that journey of, you know, kind of you want to go all in. <laughs> on like I want everything in my house to be clean and then you're like this is thousands of dollars yes <laughs> and my husband's going to kill me if yes. I do this and so really trying to find that balance of what are the most important things I want to swap out to start and then over time when when something runs out what can I replace it with and that real trial and error of of what product you like and and that's going to be different for everyone um of like, what's the best product to sub for me for this? Like things mm-hmm. like shampoo is still something that I'm oh, still man. like trying to find. I, I think that'll be for the rest of my life trying to find a clean shampoo. Um, but it's it's definitely a journey, not just like an instant thing. Mm-hmm. But it's so rewarding. And, and I love how you were saying about like being the gatekeeper of your home and, and seeing that as like a role of being a homemaker and taking mm-hmm. care of your home and your family in that way. And um. Yeah, I, I haven't heard it put that way, and I really, I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, and so with that, like the whole switch to the natural, um, clean living, things like that, what would you say has been um, maybe the most fun or rewarding part of that with those swaps? Like what's the thing that you were like, this was easy to replace or like, this was way simpler than I thought, and it's made such a huge difference in my health if there if there is anything you can think of. Yeah, I actually ended up finding out that the thing that I thought would be the hardest for me to swap was actually the easiest, and that was food. Um, I am very much a foodie. My husband is not. So like he, he uh, was really big into the CrossFit world. He was a competitive CrossFitter and then a coach of CrossFit and whatnot. So he would eat very healthy, but his food sucked. Like in college, I kid you not, for his meals, he would have grilled chicken breast and a handful of dry spinach, like dry uncooked spinach, because he was so concerned about making sure his body had the nutrients that it needed that like he was just like, hey, this is easy. I can do it often. And I was like, never in a million years are you going to get me to just eat a raw, dry handful of spinach. Like I... We, we joke around, he eats to live and I live to eat. And I think that that's part of my like Italian side. So I was really nervous about finding, um, finding out that the products that I used often in my cooking and that like I'm a snackaholic, I love snacks. So I was really, really afraid that like, crap, I'm going to have to be eating grilled chicken breast and handfuls of spinach. But there's actually some incredible swaps out there that taste just as good if not better 
they're not drastically more expensive and they're even available in like my small little rural Walmart you know like I think that location had a big thing to do with some of my fears because not a lot of people around here value their health the way that I do um, you know it's not like I can run over to Trader Joe's or Fresh Time or something and get some good quality stuff but the, the food aspect has been a lot of fun and way easier than I thought it was going to be. We were just having yeah. this discussion <laughs> literally this morning, or it was last night or this morning, we were saying that where I live, I am by a Wegmans every day. There's like a Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, which I don't go to. Living the dream. Well, I actually been to Whole Foods. With like, the cow in the backyard too, I best know. of both worlds. I've actually been to Whole Foods like twice because... I've also heard it's called whole paycheck because that's literally what it is. Um, but yes. we have a lot more options around us, which is great. But honestly, I end up going to Aldi a lot to get a lot of produce. I love and Aldi. I was shocked how much organic and clean options they have that are so affordable. And I think we think that you have to go to like Fresh Time and all these really clean stores. But Walmart, um, Aldi, a lot of like local stores – if you just actually look around, they do have products and they might not have everything, but there definitely are a lot of options. You just kind of have to maybe take your time, walk through mm-hmm. the store, read the label, and you can actually find some really great swaps. Yeah, and do some research beforehand, you know, like Absolutely. go in prepared. Like, okay, I know that I'm not going to buy Jif peanut butter even though I want to. So what am I going to get instead? Mm-hmm. I think the advantage we have in our small rural area is some really good local farms too that have popped Mm -hmm. up in the last few years that are trying to intentionally make like farm to table type of Mm -hmm. products for you to buy and really care about their animals and their farms and so it's there sometimes it just takes looking for whether that's the product in the normal grocery store you go to or taking a little extra time or a trip to a local farm it just it takes an investment of time and energy and and that research into it but if it's something you're dedicated to I definitely think it's possible (laughs) yeah plus I love learning and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that also love learning it's just finding what you want to learn about so you know researching my food and we really view it as in like an investment in our health I'd rather spend a little bit more money now getting better food and putting it in my body than having medical bills later, you know, because then at least I get mm-hmm. to enjoy what I'm spending money on. Absolutely. Pay your farmer instead of your pharmacist. Yes, <laughs> love that. Um, has there been anything on the opposite side that's been like really tough that you're still like, I just haven't dialed this in or figured it out or still or or trying to find a swap or... Yeah, like you said, shampoo and conditioner or just hair products in general. Oof, it's so difficult. And I think part of mm-hmm. that is that everyone's hair is so different, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I naturally have very curly hair. You can't tell because <laughs> I never leave it curly, um, especially in the winter. But um, it's been it's been hard because I feel like a lot of the cleaner products have really changed the texture of my hair, Um, I found that I had to wash my hair more often, which I don't like doing. So that's been a hard area to find better swaps and like balance as well. Um, Some cosmetic stuff has been tough because I do enjoy wearing makeup. It's not just something that I do because I feel I have to. Like I love playing Mm -hmm. with makeup. So that's been difficult. But I think one of the things, like one of the underrated or like kind of goes under under the scope of things um, has been clothing. That's something that I've been trying to pay more attention to because I don't know how you pronounce it, but I call it Shein. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is ordering from Shein lately and I want to so badly, but if you do research, like the chemicals on their clothing Mm -hmm. is just horrible and it scares the heck out of me. So I've started researching more about the clothing that I'm buying and you know, even even things like from TJ Maxx, like, do you really know where this is coming from? And that has stunk because, again, that's super expensive, you know, having to buy better quality clothing. And that's something that I'm really having to just accept, like, balance. Like, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm still going to get the dress from TJ Maxx for this <laughs> random event that I have that I don't want to drop $100 on a new dress, you know. So that's been... That's been a new one that I'm still kind of like dipping my toes in and trying to navigate. Um, And then the other incredibly difficult thing that I get frustrated with frequently is EMFs. Uh, Like I, I am trying so hard to not scare myself 
with EMFs. Um, I see that you guys are using corded headphones, corded headphones for life. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but that's, that's something that it just truly feels like a lost battle because they're literally everywhere now. And it's like, okay, so instead of trying to uh, avoid exposure from EMFs, like how can I again support my body in better ways to be able to handle it better? But that's that's a new one that I have not figured out yet, and it feels like a losing battle. So yeah. I'll I'll keep you updated on that journey too. <laughs> I would a thousand percent say I'm there with you with all three of those. Like I said, I think I think the hair care is going to be like a lifelong one of trying to find until I find a product that I'm like this is it for my hair. And I don't know when that time's going to come. And then the clothing, it is so difficult because even if it's not like Shein and it's it's like an Old Navy or like you said, TJ Maxx, yeah. there's still with where those clothes are being produced, there can be so many chemicals, especially if we think about like workout leggings that you might not wear underwear with. And then it's like direct exposure to that crotch area for women and all those toxins. Yes. And it's hard because that's another one where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to an all clean like made in the USA I know where it's produced wardrobe and then you're like this isn't just like thousands of dollars it's like over 50,000 and I can't do that right yes. now so it, it has to be an overtime type of thing and and I think I relate in that struggle of being like I want to make these changes now but finding that balance and and that's really why it's kind of crunchy is because yeah. ultimately it's about a balance of like right. making the healthiest choices you can and and finding what the swaps are you can make and some of those things might be like you know what like I still need to use a phone I still need to use a laptop but how can I like like put like a, a something on my lap when I have that laptop right. on there to reduce the EMF or use corded mm -hmm. headphones so just trying to make healthier more informed choices but I think it's a lifelong journey in I, all of it. I think they make, I need to look into this, but I think there's like EMF emitting like phone cases that you can buy, mm -hmm. which I need to do some more research into because I think that would be really good. I also think it would be really good for Logan as well because he always has his phone in his pocket. And I think like that would be, I feel like guys like carry their phones in their pocket. That's just like a guy thing. They're wallet yeah. on their phone. So I think that would uh -huh. be something really good for him. Um, another thing about yeah. hair care, we were, we were talking about this earlier too. It is all about balance. You're never going to be completely clean. We both use It's a 10 hair product. Like, we tried not to use it, and then it just has done so much good for our hair. And again, right. we're not perfect. And it's like, we're trying not to spray it directly on our scalp. We're trying not to overuse just it. Just the ends one time a week. But like, it's like, yes. that just shows that it's like, you know, if 80% of your products can be clean, great. But sometimes you just need those products, and it's okay. And we're not going to, like, beat ourselves up about it and feel guilty or shame because that's just going to cause more stress in our lives. Yeah. Which is also a negative health impact. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I have a funny story about the phone in the pocket. I'll share real quick. When Logan and I were dating, um, like we were like 16, we were in church the one day and this old man in our church came up to him and said to him, you need to stop carrying your phone in your pocket. You're going to kill all your sperm by the time you want to get her pregnant. <laughs> and you're like, we're 16 and dating. We're not engaged. And he was just like, oh, okay. And we're like, that guy's crazy. And now I'm like, hey, that guy knew what he was, he was talking right. about. Yeah. Like, he's, he's ahead of the times. So we need to go tap into his brain and see what he was <laughs> what he was talking about. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a journey over time. And, mm -hmm. and, yeah, you have shared so much good stuff with us today. Like, I think... People are going to love this. I know I have just just to hear a voice other than Jensen and I's <laughs> and some some well-educated uh, like things that you're doing and, and just kind of like a, a personal standpoint of how you've kind of made these changes in your life. Um, I think the last piece of like the last question we have is if there's any piece of advice or anything that you'd um, tell someone who's just starting out on this natural living journey that's like in the most unhealthy place of their life thinking they're healthy and they're like, I didn't know about any of this. How do I start without like breaking the bank or or to make these changes? Yeah, number advice number one would be to try not to stress out too much because like we just mentioned, like that is a negative impact on your health too. So getting really stressed about finding better switches to better impact your health is going to negatively impact your health. So just take a deep breath and relax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the the motto that I have had since I have started this healthy living journey, whatever you want to call it, has been progress, not perfection. So if I make a little bit of progress every day, every week, every month, you know, whatever that time frame may look like for you, 
then you should feel good about that at the end of the day because you're doing something to positively change your health that you weren't doing beforehand. Um, start small, you know, when you run out of something, that's when you should buy a new healthier product, but that's going to take some legwork from you. So be, be willing to put in that research, be willing to question the conventional pro or products. Um, and along with that research, you need to sit down and you need to think about like what products you're using the most. What are you putting on your body the most? And in what areas are you putting those items on your body? So my first healthy switch was deodorant because your lymph nodes are in your armpits and man, conventional deodorant is so full of crap. And one of my biggest passions or one of my biggest uh, motivators for these switches are fertility, you know? So I was trying to look at, that's one of the areas that I tackled first. What areas are going to negatively impact my fertility? So I switched out a lot of those products first. Um, feminine hygiene products, that's a quick and easy switch. It's not often more expensive. Oftentimes it's less expensive if you uh, explore certain avenues. So I really wanted to focus on items that meant a lot to me. You know, I didn't want to just start switching random products because someone on the internet told me to. So take some time, get to get some introspective, uh, some introspective time with yourself, get to know your body and like, what is important to you and start there and start small. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That That'd is wonderful advice. advice. Maddie, thank you so much. I have learned so much in this last 50, 55 minutes <laughs> and I cannot wait to implement a lot of these things, especially the chicken things, which was so helpful. So we're just, we're so, so grateful that you take the time, took the time to just talk with this morning. I know our, our listeners are going to eat this up. Yeah. Our first guest and, and a wonderful choice Woo! at that. We're so, so grateful that you took Aww. time out to, to chat with us on here and just come join us and, and share your wealth of, of knowledge with the kind of crunchy listeners. So yes, thank you so much. Yeah. You're so and welcome. I'm so grateful that you guys <laughs> asked me to be on. This is my first podcast ever, which I was terrified <laughs> out of my mind, I'll tell you now. Um, I listen to my husband. He's on podcasts all the time. And I just sit there and I'm like, oh gosh, I could never do that. And then you guys messaged me and he was like, well, looks like it's time to buckle up and do it. <laughs> so I'm very grateful that you guys had me on and I had so much fun talking with you guys. And, you know, I just, I love speaking about this stuff with friends and that's really what this felt like. So thank you. Great. Well, we are super excited for all the listeners to hear this. And again, thank you so much. And yeah, that's today's episode. So Make sure you leave us a little review. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, give Maddie a follow if you want to see all her wonderful uh, homestead sharing and natural non-toxic living and all the goodness that she shares on there. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for you guys to find. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good Perfect. day. Bye. Bye. Remember, although we talk all things health and wellness here, this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions. Thanks again for listening. Please remember to share, comment, and subscribe to help support our podcast.